HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Cutting the Curd is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American international style and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country? For more information, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host is Sophie Schlesinger. Hi, everybody. And uh, we are very thankful to the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board for making our show possible. Uh, today's show, we are going to be talking with Greg O'Neill, who is the co-founder and owner of Pastoral, which is a great cheese shop in Chicago. And uh, also, Greg is the president of the American Cheese Society. Thank you so much for being with us today, Greg. Great to be here. <laughs> How are you? How's everything in Chicago? Well, we're just we're just getting uh, back to normal after the big cheese hula in Madison. So uh, it's been uh, those cheese people wore me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cheese people. People always ask me like, "What's the American Cheese Society conference like?" And I'm like, "It's like summer camp for grown up cheese dorks." You know, it's like you go and spend a, a weekend with like all of your best cheese friends, and you know, get into shenanigans, and it's just good times. Yeah, it definitely was cheese camp. In fact, I heard that uh, phrase used multiple times, but it was probably one of the, if not the best conference we've ever had. Yeah, this year, let's uh, let's lead off by talking about the conference and about the ACS. Um, so this was the 30th anniversary conference. Um, very fitting that that would take place in Madison, Wisconsin, land of cheese. Um, can you tell us, um, yeah, the highlights of the conference, why you think it was one of the most successful? Well, I mean, there's always the numerical measures of how many people showed up, how many cheeses in the in the uh, judging competition, both of which broke broke records. And we had over a thousand people, which was more than we had had at any previous uh, conference. Uh, but I think it goes 
way over that. I think the level of engagement of our industry, the the you know, we had people who had been at the very first conference in 1983 in Cornell University, uh, right down to people who were showing up for their first conference, not even open yet as retailers or as cheese producers. And it just felt like we had this amazing community of, uh, you know, the entire vertical cheese industry from producers straight on, you know, farmer right on through to consumer. And I just felt that the the way American Cheese Society has evolved as the leader in supporting and promoting cheese in the Americas, it, it really felt like we were hitting our stride and the content, um, people seemed to really dig it and people were getting, you know, feeling like they were learning something. It was like cheese. They were able to come here and, and find, you know, things that were valuable to them and that they could take back to their business. Yeah, it's true. Again, to use the summer camp analogy, it's like, you know, you'd have your activities for the day and <laughs> kind of pick whether you want to go swimming or horseback riding or whatever. And at the ACS, you pick whether you want to learn about smear ripened cheeses or go to a beer and cheese pairing or maybe a Wisconsin pub crawl, a Madison pub crawl. It's really uh, it's really special. There's a, there's something for everybody, for sure. Well, you get your merit badges. In fact, even when we have a pub crawl, there's cheesemakers at every stop uh, sampling out their cheeses with the beer. So you don't get off. Of, the content stays con- uh, consistent. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So what's, uh, what are kind of the highlights for the American Cheese Society in general? Um, what, are, what are some of the things that you guys are thinking about um, moving forward and, and for this year in particular? Well, it's an interesting time for our industry because our industry is facing uh, increased regulation. Food safety is at the forefront of everything that we're doing. Um, you know, we're bringing highest quality products to market, but um, there still are, with the Food Safety Modernization Act and with evolving uh, food policy out of FDA and other regulatory authorities, it's really, you know, continues to be and will continue to be the hot topic for all of us in the entire supply chain. So our um, town hall meeting was extremely well attended, very constructive. Um, People were lined up five deep at the microphone to talk about uh, the things that take the American Cheese Society the next 30 years. And one of those things is leading in terms of um, setting the highest standards for ourselves, regardless of what's being asked for us, um, both at the retail level and at the at the uh, producer level. So, I mean, I think those things are huge. I also think that we're looking at some of the offshore markets down the road. You know, we're we're really starting to make an imprint, not just in North America, but throughout the world. And with the broad Slow Food World Cheese Festival coming up uh, later on this year, and you know, a lot of big competitions where American producers are winning. You know, we start to look at the market for American cheeses abroad. That's pretty interesting. I yeah. feel like that's definitely, you know, something that uh, I think, you know, people probably don't even think about too much at this point. And that's uh, that's certainly the job of the ACS is to kind of, like you say, look, take the long the long look forward and see what's going to be coming down the pike. Um, that That's really exciting, the notion of having some uh, American farmstead cheeses on counters yeah. in France or <laughs> other parts of well, Europe. Um, that would be very cool. Well, Henry, Henry Ford, uh, I, I love the, the uh, quote from Henry Ford. He's like, if you ask consumers what they wanted, they would have told you they wanted a faster horse. Sometimes you have to think for what, the, what people are, haven't even imagined yet. 
So an organization like ACS also you know, has to stay in touch with what its members want, but also have to uh, think about what else is out there, um, what some of the new frontiers are, and to um, imagine a little bit. And that's we've got an amazing uh, staff, and our board and committees are populated with some of the stars of our industry. You know, they're the ones who put together the cheese uh, certification exam, the professional CCP exam, and you know, these are things that have really taken our you know, our industry forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so, what are some of the other things that uh, um, ACS members or people who are interested in ACS can look forward to this year? I know there's generally um, some sort of an ACS presence at the uh, the big beer fest in Colorado every year. Um, and I know that there are always great webinars. Can you can you talk a little bit about upcoming news? Absolutely. Well, we um, we are doing more and more consumer facing uh, events, like you mentioned, the Great American Beer Festival in in Denver being one of them. Savor the big wine festival. Um, we've also been uh, partnering with. Uh, we helped form the U.S. Cider Makers uh, Association. Um, so there's a we are partnering across industry an awful lot. And um, and also working a lot with our our uh, cheese guilds in the various states, trying to help them provide content to their members, um, share best practices. We're working on a best practices um, uh, effort for both retailer and producer, and this is something that's very important to all of our membership because it not only has food safety aspects to it, but it also has quality. It helps people who are getting started in the industry. Um, so that's something that we're going to be putting a lot of resources behind. Some of that will be delivered through webinars. Some of it will be delivered uh, through content at, at, at our conference and, and other ways that we're looking at uh, trying to be innovative in the way we deliver uh, our content to, to members and potential members. But uh, I, think, I think what you'll see a lot, um, and this is happening more and more, is, is 365 um, member benefits three, all year long. And uh, we've had uh, a number of really successful educational programs. And we, we see education as a, as a key aspect. Um, American Cheese Society is also going to officially be at the Slow Food uh, Conference in Bra, the, the World Cheese Festival. Oh, that's uh, great. See, see how we can uh, you know, kind of build bridges with some of our international uh, partner organizations. So for our listeners who may not know, the Slow Food, um, it's just called Cheese. It's a it's a, an event that happens every other year in the town of Bra, Italy, where Slow Food was founded by Carlo Petrini. And it's, uh, it's, you know, it's like the ACS conference times 20. It's just huge. There are producers from all over the world. Um, cheeses that you've never even imagined could exist, you know, very strange and wonderful specimens from across the globe. Um, and so that's a big deal that ACS is going to have representation there. What's, uh, are you guys going to be, um, is ACS going to have sort of like a, like a booth or, um, like a, do a session there or what's the presence going to look like? Well, actually, um, ACS, um, member businesses are like they have in the past going to represent. So, uh, we will have at least five American producers, um, actually, uh, exhibiting at Bra, and that's exciting. There's some of the most award-winning producers uh, in the United States, like Jasper Hill Farm and Rogue Creamery and Vermont Creamery. 
um, who else? Uplands Dairy, Cowgirl Creamery. So they'll all be there. And um, we'll be, um, our executive director, Nora Weiser, and I will be there. Uh, we'll be um, really more meeting with some of our international counterparts to look at ways to uh, to uh, cooperate and collaborate going forward, especially as you know we look at um, food policy around the world really coming together. You know, there's really no border anymore um, in the way in the sense that uh, it, it all it all comes together. And then after that, um, on behalf of ACS, I'm actually going to be doing a an American cheese pairing uh, with. Italian wines at the Francia Corta Wine Festival the following weekend and taking those same producers, uh, pairing up their finest uh, cheese products with um, some of the best wines of northern Italy, which is going to be personally exhilarating and also a whole lot of fun. And that's uh, in Lombardia just uh, a few days after the uh, Bra Festival ends. Wow. Well, it sounds like your job just sucks, Greg. <laughs> well, it is that we are celebrating the 30th anniversary of ACS, and we want to make sure that American cheese is getting celebrated all over. No, it's awesome. It's just so cool to um, to know that that's going to be, you know, that the American Cheese Society is going to have a big presence there and that, yeah, American cheesemakers are, are, are making a splash in Italy. That's very, very exciting. Um Something that we were actually talking about on our last show um, was the idea of actually uh, we had a producer on from Madison who um, has a restaurant um, and a food collaborative called the Underground Food Collective. Um, sure. And uh, he was talking about how they for the charcuterie industry they're they're working on um, doing a Kickstarter campaign to. Uh, to get a third-party audit for their HACCP plan, which they're then planning to release as an open-source document for anybody who wants to get into that type of business. Um, so it seems like, you know, the cheese society, or, you know, all the cheesemakers in this country could benefit maybe from something similar. I don't know if that's something that could be part of the ACS dialogue in the future, because I feel like that's like, you know, HACCP plans are also kind of the first thing on everyone's mind here, too. Well, you're, you're absolutely right, and um, those parallel industries have so much in common. And, you know, some of our forebearers are people like the um, seafood industry, which, you know, had to, had to do a lot of that for themselves because they, they needed to get ahead of the curve and make sure that their members were all producing on a level uh, that, that they could be proud of. So um, third-party audits and um, sharing information and collaborating is first and foremost amongst us, so we're very interested in that. And uh, actually at the conference in Madison, we talked about, um, we had our past president advisory council uh, meeting, and we, we chatted about um, how we might be able to do that. And it, you, you can't do that overnight. It's something you have to, um, you, you have to make sure that you do it right. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because uh, a lot of our members are very small, and you can't just, you, in addition to, to do a third-party audit, uh, you also have to have somebody on your staff who can do it uh, and monitor it. And um, so we have to help our members to help themselves. And that's um, something we take very seriously. We can't, as ACS, do the work for them. People have to, at a certain point, be able to take the information and run with it. But we try to bring as much detail and as much rigor to it as we can and then help um, people have a head start. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's all very exciting. So I guess um, we are coming up on a break here, but uh, we have a, we have uh, one or two minutes. And I'm wondering, I'm thinking about all those articles that I was reading about Obama back in January. Um, how do you see, uh, you know, what, do you, how do you see the tenure of your presidency of the ACS? Are there any specific goals for you that you feel like you really want to accomplish? Yeah, for me, um, I, I really want to leave um, a mark in, in having gotten us further along to, uh, to upholding the highest standards of food safety across the, the industry, um, raising the bar, um, and also um, looking at the legacy of, of American cheese and the, uh, the fact that for the next, you know, the next 30 years, we've got to help our businesses um, do successful you know, succession planning, both uh, producers and retailers. A lot of people are small businesses, and they don't, you know, they're family businesses, and they need to be successful for the future. So some of that, and also, um, like I said, you know, looking into the world presence of uh, American cheese. And I think uh, in those three buckets, I, I want to make a mark. That's very exciting. Very well. Thank you for sharing those with us. Um, and so I think this is a good time. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, uh, we're going to talk more about your business in Chicago and, and the cheese scene there. So stick with us on Cutting the Curd. The dairy farm families of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board are proud to underwrite Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 170 years of quality and craftsmanship. During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com. All right. We are back on Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host is Sophie Schlesinger. And today we are on the line with Greg O'Neill, who is the co-founder and owner of Pastoral, uh, which is a great cheese shop in Chicago, and he is also the president of the American Cheese Society. Um, so, Greg, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your business, uh, Pastoral in Chicago, and sort of how you how you began and where you are now? Yeah, that's a loaded one. Uh, we, <laughs> Just a small question. Uh, both my partner, Ken Miller, and I, um, life and business partners of 20 years, and business partners of uh, nine years this week. Congratulations. Um, we, uh, basically, I had an idea uh, to kind of fill the market gap that we found in Chicago in, in gourmet retail. We, we felt like after having lived in New York and Boston and in Europe, several places, and we got very used to market shopping and, you know, producer-focused, um, high-quality products, you know, with a lot of service and education and a lot of ambiance. You know, and in Chicago, over the course of years, market shopping had gone away, and we saw a lot of, um, you know, gourmet supermarkets and club stores and things like that. But um, a lot of the, you know, your butchers and your green grocers and your your uh, bakers and your cheesemongers had, had largely gone away. So we we saw an opportunity there because it was very densely populated, and Chicago also has a world class. Um, 
you know, gourmet restaurant scene at all price levels. So we felt like it really was a little out of balance. And so we did some market research. I was uh, serving as a director of uh, marketing for Motorola, and I had uh, the opportunity to do a little market research and see what the, our concept uh, was bearing in the market. And we got a big thumbs up, and we decided that I was going to go, you know, with Ken, we were going to get this thing going. We started with one store in the East Lakeview neighborhood of Chicago, which is a highly densely populated neighborhood um, right near the lake, near Wrigley Field. Uh, a lot of uh, international expatriates, a lot of, you know, a, a very diverse community. And uh, what we did was uh, we went small. We did a very edited selection, 150 cheeses. We did, you know, fresh baked bread out of the oven. We did uh, wines that could pair with it. And everything was set up so that our, our uh, wine wall mirrored our cheese wall and was laid out from light-bodied to full-bodied. And then the things that we put it with it were things like, uh, you know, the, the small production accompaniments like uh, pâtés and, you know, uh, cured meats and roasted vegetables and things because we wanted the idea of grazing as dinner that we got to enjoy when we lived in Germany to kind of resonate with people, ready to eat, and, you know, busy people who could sit down, you know, pick up all the stuff from us, go home, and also know something about what they ate. I like that grazing, gra- yeah. grazing as the sort of as the verb for dinner, and pastoral as the name for the shop. It all it all goes <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, um, well, we we were kind of uh, we, we I guess it was it caught on because we ended up opening two more of them, and then we opened up a uh, cheese and wine bistro just about nine months ago. So uh, the, the idea seems to have caught fire here in Chicago. Well, that's great. So um, tell us where are your other two stores located, and where is the cheese and wine bistro? Well, our, our second store is actually right down in as, as much downtown as you could possibly be. It's right in the loop off Michigan Avenue on Lake Street at 53 East Lake Street. That's only a block and a half from Millennium Park, which is perfect um, if you're working downtown, uh, if you're going to free concerts at Millennium Park and all that. So that's pretty cool. And that's our, that's our biggest store, but even big isn't very big. That's about 1,000 square feet. And then um, in Chicago, we finally opened an indoor marketplace, uh, food marketplace called the Chicago French Market, which is right near the, in, it's in the train station uh, where all the trains go out to the, uh, to the suburbs, much like the um, Grand Central Market in, in uh, New York. And so uh, we were one of the original tenants of that, opened in end of 2009 uh, in the West Loop. And uh, that's been great because now we get to touch all the western and northwestern burbs of Chicago without actually having a store there because all the commuters pick up stuff on the way home for the weekend and they come down there for lunch. And then our um, just uh, just last November we opened up. People had always said, well, isn't there a way we could sit down and have a glass of wine and have some of this cheese here? And we never had any space. So the space at our next to our original store in East Lakeview opened up um, sort of as divine providence, and we opened up um, uh, Bar Pastoral, which is uh, on Broadway right next to our original store and actually connected. And that's a 50-seat uh, you know, cheese and wine bistro with hot and cold fare. Uh, it's really a great way to take the uh, pastoral concept and kind of show it. If, if you were coming to our house, this is what we do. And uh, this is how we put these products together. 
And what's great about it is it also helps our store because people come in and they try flavor combinations that they never would have um, taken a risk on when they were in our retail store. And they actually go back after they've tried it in the restaurant, and maybe next week they go and they pick up that single varietal honey with a with a cheese they never would have paired it with, uh, or a wine. And so what we try to do is cross terminate our business, and uh, and that's really fun. And you know, in addition to some of the other stuff that we do, we have a online business that we ship nationwide on pastoralartisan.com, and our wholesale business we sell cheese to restaurants, but. But really, we're a retailer, and then now with the restaurant, it sort of uh, it sort of all falls together. Yeah, so I mean, that's a big leap to go from retailer yeah. to restaurant. Those are totally different business models. How did you guys find that transition? Was it super difficult? Would you, uh, you know, did you have a chef on board right away that was kind of you know taking the reins and and um, you know helping educate you guys on how to open a restaurant, or what was that process like? Well, the good news is that my partner, Ken, uh, has a great background. He went to the um, ICE uh, Culinary School in New York and had been a, a restaurant consultant um, in New York um, and worked for Chanterelle in New York back before it closed. And uh, so he knew something about starting a restaurant. <laughs> Just a little bit. had a great yeah. chef. Um, she was uh, actually a, a customer of ours, and she loved cheese, and she fell in love with the idea that we had. So both, it wasn't as difficult opening it um, as it might have been for somebody who had never been involved at all. But what it, I think is interesting is, you know, with a nighttime business and a daytime business, you could work 24 hours a day if you if you allowed yourself. But it's um, it's actually really I, I, a trend that I see more and more. A lot of retail businesses have developed restaurant businesses uh, alongside them because there's a lot of synergy. And uh, we're seeing more and more of that across the country. Uh, I know in, in Providence, you know, you have Farmstead Inc. and you have Lolatery. And there are many, you know, Murray's and Murray's uh, um, Cheese Bar. Yes, and cheese there, bar. I think there's more and more of that going on. And it's great, you know, because I think it, what it does is it contextualizes a lot of the products um, that people learn about at the counter. And then they get a chance to see how we imagine it. Exactly. Well, and like you said, it kind of breaks down those barriers of like something might be kind of, it might be intimidating to somebody to, you know, buy an expensive bottle of olive oil or, you know, wine that they've never heard of or, you know, yeah, some, some buckwheat honey or whatever. And, and it's, so it's just a really nice way to sort of, you know, break down those barriers a little bit. Um, cause I feel like, you know, that's the joy of selling cheese. Once, once you give people a taste of something, they're in, you know, and it's like, you know, then the door is open, but you've got to find ways to, to do that. Um, so have you found that uh, Chicagoans in general are, are excited about cheese? I mean, there's definitely proximity to Wisconsin, but that's kind of, you know, the Wisconsin cheese tradition, I would say, is there's definitely artisan cheese there and more and more of it all the time. But I feel like the classic, you know, I, I grew up in the Midwest, too. I grew up about an hour north of Chicago. And I feel like, you know, we grew up on cheese curds and port wine spread and that kind of stuff. So how do you feel like um, what's the general cheese climate in Chicago? Well, I think like like everywhere, you know, I, 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 I think that the two coasts probably got the memo earlier than, than parts of the Midwest um, in terms of um, <laughs> some of the some of the real more artisan craft uh, cheese that that was produced, and I don't mean craft with a K, I mean craft with a C. <laughs> um, and the the reality is that um, I think a lot of people, you know, through the farmers markets. 
with the rise of the farmers markets in, in, introduced to the average consumer uh, the concept of small production cheese and the stories and the appreciation. So I think that that uh, really took things forward. And I think that, you know, just like the artisan cheese movement, you know, kind of flourished uh, maybe 25 years after the small production wine movement um, and, and the awareness went up there. I think, you know, it, it took a little bit longer to reach places like Chicago, and it's still, you know, finding its way in some other Midwest cities. But I feel like people appreciate in general the where they where their food comes from absolutely absolutely and what what would you say are some of your favorites i mean um you know favorite local cheeses then um you know wisconsin illinois indiana um i I, there's a bunch of those cheeses that you know we never see out here in new york so i'm curious to know what your favorites are well it's great that um one of the cool things is that sometimes um People that work for us actually get the, the bug to be cheesemakers, or they actually go off and they they become cheesemakers themselves. And you know, our, a lot of our people who work for us represent some of the farmers at the farmers markets here in Chicago. So we get a chance to meet some of the cheesemakers, our, our folks. You know, you know, we sent two of our best and brightest off to Prairie Fruits Farm in Champaign, Illinois, um, uh, Nat and Allison, and uh, they have been making some award-winning cheeses down in Champaign with. Uh, Leslie Cooper Band and West Gerald, and uh, what's great is that they've you know they've expanded into uh, sheep smoke cheeses along with the goat smoke cheese that they had been doing, and now they're going to go off to Kansas and start their own uh, farm uh, in just a few months. And I think you have a lot of one of the big things that's happened, and I think this is one of the headlines of the Madison conference was how many people are making you know small production high quality cheese in uh, Wisconsin, you know, which is known as a commodity cheese state, as you said. But um, you see, you know, producers, of course, there's Uplands making these amazing, you know, highly awarded cheeses, but there's also Hidden Springs Creamery. There's, um, you know, there's a, a ton of others. There's an urban creamery, a clock shadow creamery in, in Milwaukee making amazing quark, um, which we sell in our restaurant, sell to in our stores. Um you know, Zingerman's is making a great burrata that we, you know, everybody's in love with this summer, and we're doing with our house-made uh, pesto and, and tomatoes. I, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of things you, you find out here, you know, we, we've got a lot of innovation on on um, traditional uh, styles, but I also think we have a lot of, you know, there's also the original styles like, or, you know, American originals like brick cheese and, and some of the others. Um, and people are raising the bar. Um, Evalon from Leclerc Farms is an amazing uh, aged goat's milk cheese. It's just, you know, so, you know, beverage-friendly, and, and it's, you know, it's not gamey, and we're able to um, sort of take our average consumer and get them to try something a little more racy. So um, those are some of the interesting things, but there's new people. You know, the Wisconsin Cheese Originals, um, festival that they have in November is a great way to showcase some of the undercurrent of, uh, you know, up-and-coming producers, uh, a great new one just uh, out of uh, Missouri, um, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce it correctly, I think it's Bentley, um, they won tons of awards at ACS this year. Oh, Be- Beji uh, Farms, yeah, they uh, were on uh, the show Lewis. once, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really incredible, and I love the I love the story about um, your 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 workers um, going to apprentice with a 
Leslie Cooper band and then going to start their own farms. I feel like we need to start like a little map that shows, you know, how people yeah. get their get bit by the cheese bug and then where they end up because I feel like we're just at a a point where it's like a little supernova, you know, it's like just started to explode and now there's like, you know, all this uh branching off elsewhere. Um well, speaking of the the Wisconsin event, you guys do a lot of dinners and a lot of events. Um, do you have any coming up that uh, that are of note that you'd like to mention? Well, what we're doing, one of the things that we uh, really found really fun was we were doing all these classes, and you know, we're going to be doing American Cheese Month. We're going to be doing a big producer dinner, um, American Cheese Month in October. We're going to be doing a big uh, focus on uh, you know, the hidden gems of American cheese and uh, one from each region of the of the country and then we're going to do a, a dinner at our festival featuring that uh, but one of the other things we're doing um we found that saturday afternoons are a great time because people have some time on their hands so we're doing these things called a- afternoon explorations and um sometimes they're going to be wine sometimes they're going to be cheese but we do it for, it's like a guided tasting for an hour and it's um done in bar pastoral it only costs like $5 or $10, and you get the credit back for your purchase. So the nice thing is either our, our monger or our, our, uh, our, our beverage director will take you through um, the products. And, you know, one month we were doing, you know, um, this month, for example, we're doing uh, American-produced wines. Uh, we've done Portuguese wines. But people get a chance to try a lot of things. They get a, a guiding of, of, you know, the origin, the stories. And but it's not super heavy education. It's it's the mixture. It's sort of that hybrid of fun and you know social and education. Yeah, and and very accessible. I mean, for five yeah, or ten dollars, that's, that's amazing awesome. to be able to just kind of yeah dip your toe in, get a little you know get a little education, a little experience, and then you know enjoy enjoy your afternoon. Well, um, the reason is that the, the reason is we don't we would even make them free. But I think you get when you have somebody pay five or ten dollars. Um, it gets the people a little more serious, and you can have a, a better conversation. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Well, so um, pastoralartisan.com, that is the place to look for all of the information about um, the, th- uh, the three shops and the uh, pastoral, um, bar pastoral, sorry, the cheese and wine bistro. Um, Greg, thank you so much for being on the show with us today and illuminating our worlds about ACS and your business. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. My pleasure. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.